0: Last week we started a new series called Reset, right? I, just, I wanted to take a little bit of time over the first couple weeks of the new year and kind of just take a moment to pause and to just say, you know what, and thinking, where, you know, where am I at in my life right now? Where am I at in my walk with the Lord? Where am I at in, in maybe in my, my participation in a church or my participation in a, in a community of believers and just take that moment to kind of assess ourselves individually and even just as a church corporately, just take a moment and say, okay, are we where God wants us to be? Are we in the middle of what God is asking of us to do as a church? Because I think, you know, at the beginning of every year, or maybe right at the end of a year, we all kind of take that, that time and we just think, okay, what did this last year entail? You know, what what awesome things happened, what unfortunate things happened. Was I able to achieve that which I set out to do this last year? You know, or maybe did I come up short? And then we go, okay, so now in the coming year, in 2018, what do I hope to accomplish? What do I hope to see God do in my life? What do we hope to see God do in this church this year? Right? And a couple weeks ago I said, I believe that in 2018 we're going to see something greater than we ever have before at Chisholm Assembly of God. Not just here, I, I believe that this is going to be a year where we're going to see a change take place on the Iron Range. Where God's presence and His Spirit is going to be poured out upon the range and the believers and those who come to faith uh, this year. And so last week we talked about priorities. Right? I talked about how as believers as God's people we should have a couple priorities that that if we truly are active in what God is asking us to do then these three things should be present in our life the first one first priority is keeping God central right God should be central in our lives and that seems kind of like a no brainer like well yeah of course God should be central but if we're honest enough and we look at our lives and we go that's not always the case right myself included i sit here and go you know what sometimes I get wrapped up in my own things I get wrapped up in, in, in maybe the busyness of what I see around me and as a result, I kind of get lost in what God was asking me to do or I kind of <clears throat> excuse me get away from what God maybe wants me to be doing because my attention has diverted to something else. <clears throat> the second priority of a believer of God is that we should be building together as god's people right we we should be coming together as community because who is the church? We are. The people. The believers are the church, right? This building is awesome. It's wonderful and we love it. And as I said last week, I'm grateful for those of you who put in so much hard work into putting this building up. But we know that this building is just a place. But the church is God's people. We are the church, right? We don't go to church, but we are the church. And the last thing is I talked about another priority should be proclaiming his excellencies to others, right? Or sharing the gospel with other people, right? Making an impact, being a light in the darkness that's around us. Those are three priorities that do a good job of summing up the great commandment, right? From the New Testament it says that we are to love God and to love our neighbor, right? Loving God, keeping him central in our lives, building together as people and proclaiming His excellency. That means loving our neighbors, sharing with our neighbors, as well as the Great Commission, which says we are to seek and to save the lost. Like we are to go to the ends of the earth, to win and disciple the lost. This morning I want to take the remainder of our time together to address another area that at times I think we just need to be reminded of. We just need to, we just need to sit down and, and settle down for a moment, think about it, and that is our... Focus. Today I want to talk about focus, resetting our focus. We talked about priorities last week, and now focus. What are we focused upon? What are we seeing? What are we doing in our lives? What are we doing as a church? And here's the question I want to start with today, is who are we again as believers? What does Scripture say about us as believers? In Philippians 3, it says that we have our citizenship where? It says in heaven. Right? It's as believers, our citizenship is in heaven. And we must never forget who we are regardless of what the world around us tries to tell us today. Right? The world is going to tell us all kinds of things. They're going to tell us who we are, who they think we are, what we should do, what we ought to be doing, how we should act. But we know that it says in Scripture that we are not of this world. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. Our citizenship lies in heaven. We must remember that. The Apostle Paul often talked about keeping focus, about running the race of life, and remembering who we are as members of God's family, as those who have citizenship in heaven. As I said, Philippians 3, 15-21, that's going to be our main passage this morning. So if you'd like, you can turn there in your Bible, otherwise it will be on the screen behind me as well. But just a little context, this passage comes right on the heels of the Apostle Paul telling the church in Philippi that he feels as though he's not achieved all that God has for him yet. He said, I haven't achieved all that, I, all that God has set out for me yet, but, but I'm, I'm leaving behind me what's behind me, and I'm straining forward to the goal that God has set for me, that God has in store for me to do. So that kind of gives the context. Paul is saying, even Paul, the great Apostle, who we know from Scripture, God has done many wonderful things through him, he says, I still have not completed all that God has for me to do. So it's time for me to stop looking in the rearview mirror and continue striving forward towards what God has for me to do. So starting in verse 15, it says, All of us then who are mature should take such a view of things, and if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters, and just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. For as I have often told you before, and now tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Continuing on in verse 19, their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach, and their glory is is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables Him to bring everything under His control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like His glorious body. Father, we thank You for this morning. We thank You for Your Word and Scripture. Father, we thank You for the promises that come from Your Word. And I ask now that through Your Holy Spirit You would help us to understand the Scripture like we have never before. God, illuminate it to us. God, show us something different. Give us a fresh touch of your word this morning. God, we thank you for who you are. Help us to make sure that our focus is upon you. God, not only in our individual lives, but as a church, Father, corporately, that our focus would be upon you. We thank you for your help. In your name we pray. Amen. So as I said, this comes right on the heels of the Apostle Paul saying that we are to strive... Achieve what God has laid out for us to do. In verse 15, when it says that those who are mature should take such a view of things, so that even if things may look a little different for each of us, that God will make it clear to us. Right? So, as mature believers, as as God helps us to know what to do and, and He gives us direction, you know, we're trying to achieve that, and, and God. Not that we're all doing the same thing, but right, God has us all moving in the same direction. right? As a body, as a church, we're all moving forward with the gospel. And there's going to be times where maybe we have a little different idea than one another. But it says that God will make it clear to us. God will help us to know. so we, we don't have to worry about the differences that we may have at times. Because it says that God will make it clear to us what we are supposed to do. Helping us to focus in on exactly what it is that God is desiring for us to do. Paul then goes on and he says, you guys should follow my example, as well as the example of other mature believers who are around you, right? Because that's only going to help us as as we continue to, to put ourselves around people that are more mature in their faith than we are, that are an example, that give us something to strive for, something to move towards, someone to help sharpen And then we turn around and say, just as I have been helped by someone who is more mature than me, I'm going to then turn and I'm going to help somebody who, who may be less mature than I am, but help them and bring them forward in their faith and in their relationship with the Lord as well. Then he goes on and he tells them of how there are many enemies of the cross. Right? I think we'll all sit here this morning and we go, that's pretty obvious. right? We look at the world around us, And there's a lot of people who are very opposed to the cross. They're opposed to Christ. We talked about that last week. How offensive Christ and the cross are to many people today. For there's going to be many people who are enemies of the cross. And what did it say? It said their destiny is destruction. It says for their God or their focus is set on earthly things. But as believers, we know that our citizenship is from heaven and our focus ought to be on God. And meanwhile, it says, We eagerly await His return when our bodies will be transformed into our heavenly bodies like His body. And during this time as we wait, it said Jesus has the power to keep all things under His control. Right? That means we know that God has control of this world today. Right? Satan may be rampant and he may be going around like a lion trying to steal and destroy and tear apart our world. But God still, ultimately, has the power in our world today. We know that. But I want to take just a moment or two and look at this passage in a different translation. And actually, it's not even a translation. It's it's a paraphrase called the message. And some of you may know um, the message. And I, I typically don't share from this, but I just like the way that it shared this passage this morning. It says, so let's keep focused on that goal. Those of who want everything God has for us, if any of you have something else in mind, something less than total commitment, God will clear your blurred vision. You'll see it yet. Now that we are on track, let's stay on it. Stick with me, friends. Keep track of those you see running the same course, headed for the same goal. Right? So it just kind of breaks it down in a little bit different way for us to understand, but let us keep our focus on the goal, right? Let us keep our focus on the task that God has laid before us. And let us be totally committed. 100% committed, right? All in. Not half in, not a quarter in, not in sometimes and out sometimes, but being fully committed. And if you don't totally see what it is that God's trying to do, continue to seek Him and He will make it clear to you. Right, God is not a God of disorder. He's not a God of, that, that tries to make things hard and difficult for us. He speaks clearly, and He speaks in ways that we can understand. And so seek Him, and He will help us to understand what He is asking us to do. God will give sight and focus to those who are striving after Him. We know that's the truth. And if you continue to read on in that paraphrase, it says that those who hate Jesus, they take a one-way street to destruction, right? It says they take a one-way street, but we know that the good news is is that all of us at one point were on that one-way street to destruction, right? But there's a Savior who comes, and as we come into a relationship with Jesus, we're redirected, we're taken off of that one-way street of destruction, and we're headed towards eternity with our God and our Father in heaven, so this morning, you may be asking the question, okay, but how do I keep my focus on God? How, how do I keep it? How does this practically apply to us today? This passage talks about how we are to follow the examples of those who have gone on before us, as well as surrounding ourselves with those who are currently striving after God with all that they have. Right? Apostle Paul says, remember my example. Remember the example of, of those who are around us. But right? I think many times we can look back and we can say, the great men and women of faith, what what about their life was different? You know, what 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 did they do to position themselves in a place to be used in wonderful ways? And we, we, we can heed wisdom from them. We can learn from other people's choices and the things that they do. Scripture is full of passages where people are encouraging one another. To learn from their experiences, to heed wisdom from their decisions, so that we don't have to make the same mistakes that they did. I love what King Solomon says in Proverbs 5, right? We think of King Solomon as the wisest man that ever lived, right? That's what we we refer to him at times. Proverbs 5, 1 and 2 says, My son, pay attention to my wisdom, turn your ear to my words of insight, that you may maintain discretion and your lips may preserve knowledge. right? It says, listen to my wisdom, listen to what I'm sharing with you. Open your ears to what I have to say, that you may maintain discretion, and that it may become knowledge to you. right? So when we heed the wisdom of others who have gone through situations before, it turns into knowledge for us. right? One of our greatest teachers is history, right? If we want things to happen differently than they have before, we have to do something different than it'd done before. Otherwise history will just repeat itself over and over and over again. How many of us have, have been given wisdom from a parent, a teacher, maybe a coworker, someone else who is trying to help us, but we chose not to listen? Right? I think we've all been there, right? Someone's tried to help us out and we don't listen. How does that usually end up? Not very well, right? Usually we end up finding ourselves in the same situation that that person ended up in, that they learned from. You know? And they were trying to help us out. You know, There was many times my parents, you know, as a child growing up, they would try to tell me something or explain something and say, Mikey, you don't want to do this because this is a consequence. Ah, no. I- I'm different than you, Dad. You know, I'm going to go ahead and do this. And what happens, you end up doing the same exact thing and paying the consequences. We like to say, yeah, but my situation's different than yours. Right? You don't know who I am or, or I can handle this differently. But the passage tells us here that if we learn to heed the wisdom of those who have gone before us, of those around us, those who have been through situations before, that we can gain knowledge from those situations. In other words, ultimately, it can only help us to listen to those who are trying to encourage us in that way. It can only help us to heed the wisdom of those who have been through what we have not been through before. So what is another way we can can gain wisdom and knowledge from other people who have gone through these situations? Another way to keep our focus upon God is to keep our eyes fixed forward upon Him. Proverbs 4, 25-27 says, Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Keep your foot from evil. Keeping our eyes looking straight ahead, fixed upon our Lord and our Creator, God. Be mindful in your decisions that you may stay steadfast in all your ways, living for Him and all that you do. Right? Being careful to not veer to the right or to the left for if you do, the devil may get a stronghold on you. The devil may get a foothold upon you as we, we veer off of the path that God has for us. Right? If we stay upon the path that God has laid out before us, we know that doesn't mean that everything will be perfect. It doesn't mean that we won't still deal with different things. But as we, we stay obedient to God, as we stay upon His path and the direction that He has for us, we know that His protection surrounds us as well. As we're under His will, we're under His covering in that sense. We will be able to come before Him in prayer, and He will hear our cries. This is what it says in Psalm 91, 14-15. Because He loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue Him. I will protect Him, for He acknowledges my name. He will call on me, and I will answer Him. I will be with Him in trouble I will deliver Him and honor Him. Right? So here we, we, we see that Scripture says, even when we do make mistakes, right, even when we slip up, because God knows that we're going to. Right? He knows that we're not perfect. There's, there's going to be times we make decisions that are not overly wise. But God, He has a way in His mercy and in His grace where even when we're not perfect, He doesn't forget about us, right? He doesn't abandon us. He doesn't forsake us. That doesn't mean that there won't be consequences for our decisions, right? Because He's also a just God. And there are consequences for our decisions and the choices that we make. But getting back to this psalm, it says that because one loves the Lord, He will rescue and protect them, for they acknowledge His name. Right? So it says, as we cry out upon the Lord, as we cry out in love, in adoration, and we praise and we worship Him, that God will come and He will rescue and He will protect us. When they call on me, I will answer them in their time of trouble as I deliver them while showering them with honor. God is constantly in the business of helping to deliver those who love Him. Although it's not even just that He delivers them, but it's said that He honors them. He showers honor upon them. Right, so it's not just, God says, it's not good enough that I just deliver you and take you out of the situation. I'm going to honor you in this situation as well. So maybe you're sitting here this morning, another question you have, or you think this all sounds great, but you go, but how, how do I find the Lord? What does it mean to find the Lord? How do I, how do I get to know the Lord? Jeremiah 29, 13 you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Right? So how, how, do, I, how do I find the Lord? How do, I, how do I get to know him? By seeking him with all of your heart. By giving him everything you have. If you're longing to find him, then I encourage you to begin seeking him with your whole heart. He will surely make himself known to you then. Right? For example, what does someone do if they're trying to find a hidden treasure? Right? They use all their resources to try to find that. They put everything they can into searching for whatever it is they're looking for. They put their time, their effort, their resources, their energy into looking for it and hope that they will find it. The reality is that God is asking the same thing of us today. He's saying, seek me with all your heart. Seek me with your time. Seek me with your energy. Seek me with your resources. Seek me with the talents that I have given you with all of your heart. And the more you seek Him, the more you give of yourself to Him, the more He reveals Himself to you. If you want to see a more clear picture of God, I would start with going, but how much am I giving myself to Him? How much am I surrendering to Him? I believe that as we open ourselves up to God, God reveals Himself to us in newer and deeper ways. Seeking Him with all of our heart, And He will make Himself known to us. Saying, keep your, your focus fixed upon me and I, I will help you know what steps to take. I will help bring clarity to your blurred vision that you may have. Maybe the direction in your life right now is uncertain. Maybe you feel like you're just kind of wandering or you just you're not sure where it is you're going. Seek God with all your heart. And he will help you know what direction to go. He will help you know what steps to take. He will light the path for you to follow in your life. I want to finish our time together with one final passage from Hebrews 3, verse 1. Where it says, Therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus, who we acknowledge as our apostle and high priest. Right? Fix our eyes upon Jesus, whom we acknowledge as our apostle and high priest. Again, here we read of how, as believers, we share in a heavenly calling. That ultimately our citizenship is in heaven as children of God. So we must keep our thoughts fixed upon God, upon Jesus, who we acknowledge as our apostle and high priest. Jesus has been and always will be the greatest example that any of us can follow. Amen. The way that He lived His life perfectly for 33 years is amazing. I think about that and I go, I can't make it a day without messing up. Right? I can't go 24 hours without sinning. And this Jesus lived 33 years and never sinned. And He faced the same temptations that you and I do. He dealt with the same frustrations that you and I do, but never once did He slip up. That's amazing. And now He's still, even today, at the right hand of the Father, continues to intercede for us, continues to plead on our behalf to God, the Father, for us. He's our mediator, as the Word says. Jesus is continuing to fight for you and I. He's continuing to fight for those who have yet to come into relationship with Christ. For our friends, for our family members, for those who are still walking in the darkness, who have not surrendered their heart to God, Jesus is pleading and interceding on their behalf that they would come to know Him. His desire is that all people would come into relationship with Him. Again, that's why we were created. We were created to have a relationship with our God, our Father. In conclusion, I believe this morning, to help us keep our focus upon the Lord, we should be looking in a couple different ways. We should be looking out to those around us who have the same goal in mind, doing all that God has for us. Finding others who are going after God with all they have and saying, I want to walk with you. I want to walk with you because my desire is to see God do all that He has for me to do as well. We should strive to learn from those who have gone on before us, for we can gain much wisdom for them, which becomes knowledge to us. It's important for us to look outwardly as well as learning from those who have more experience than we do. However, as important as it is looking outwardly and looking to others who have gone on before us, most importantly, I believe, we need to keep our gaze and our focus upon God. We need to keep our attention upon Him. For as we look up to Him, He guides and directs us to achieve all that He has for us to do. As you see this morning, that we have this new stage set. And one of the reasons that we made the arrows the way we did was to be a constant reminder that our focus is to be turned up to God, to look to God. And that, that, that's the idea, that this will be a visual reminder. And say, so, you know what, as I look at this, it's more than just arrows. It's more than just something that's on the stage. It's a reminder that says, Am I keeping my focus upon God? Is my gaze fixed upon Him? And am I striving for what he, all He asks me to do? Or is my focus somewhere else? Our eyes should not be fixed upon ourselves or even simply just upon other believers, but ultimately upon God, who is the focus of our lives. He helps empower us to reach the lost. He helps equip us to reach the lost. He helps enable us to reach the lost, to disciple those around us, to be a witness to those we encounter each and every day of our life. I want to invite uh, Kennedy, if you would come back up, please. We're going to have one final song in just a moment. But I want us to take a few moments, and we're going to just quiet ourselves for a second and focus upon God for a moment and turn our attention upwardly towards him as we ask for him to help us to all clear our focus and to say, God, what is it that you desire for me to do? God, what is it that you desire for us to do as a church? For some of us, this whole idea of resetting as we come into the new year is pretty easy. Maybe you've been at a good place in your walk with the Lord and you are striving to give God all that you have and you've surrounded yourself with strong, mature believers who can encourage you and help lift you up and help hold you accountable. That's great. But I want to encourage you to continue to push on. But maybe this morning you're at a place where you're saying, you know what, I really do need to reset because you know what, I'm just not in a great place. Maybe this last year, this last season of life has just gotten the best of me. And I've kind of just forgot who I am as a child of God. As one whose citizenship is in heaven. I want to encourage you to take a moment and to spend time in prayer and say, Father, help me to regain my focus. Help me to to place my eyes back upon you. Help me to find community with other believers who can encourage me, who can help hold me accountable, who can help me as I strive to do all that you have for us. There's going to be a couple of us leaders who are going to be up here, and we would love to pray with you. But I also want to encourage you this morning. Maybe you just need to spend a little bit of time in prayer yourself. These altars are always open. You can feel free to come up here. And pray by yourself. You don't even have to come to one of us leaders. We just want to ask that during this time, that you spend time in prayer, spend time focusing, spend time saying, God, what is it that you have for me? And then say, whatever challenges I have, Father, I'm going to lay at your feet. I'm not going to allow these obstacles. I'm not going to allow these mountains. I'm not going to allow these hindrances that I've been in my life to be there any longer. God, I know that you can help me through that.